Hey everyone, it's Contrarious Live. We're coming to you from out of the dark, and we're here with Josh tonight, and we're going to uh, talk about video game esoterica. Um, a number of years ago, we've been podcasting for 10 years now, uh, when Connie was um, uh, contributing uh, regularly, she eventually um, started working, but, but she was um, at home, a stay-at-home mom, uh, taking care of her two kids. And uh, now it's kind of hard to get her on the show. We were just talking uh, tonight about uh, doing a show with her, calling her up. But um, the um, angels that she was hanging out with, and that actually happened, she was approached by angels and and a group of us have been approached by them and they kind of hang out with you okay and uh you like watch movies with them or whatever you know what i mean and uh, and they would start commenting in these movies about all this esoteric like symbolism and you know this actor here is portraying this entity you know what i mean and um it has to do with hierarchy and um it's absolutely remarkable because you start to see these patterns develop. So we used to do old shows like that. And uh, when Connie stepped back in the background, remember this podcast was originally hers and was shifted to me. Um, we used to talk about that stuff quite a bit. And uh, it was mo mostly because of Connie, you know. And uh, so today we're going to talk about video games. So we could also do a show we just mentioned briefly here um, about comics, you know. Because you see the same thing uh, in all three arenas. Um, there's esoteric symbolism all around us. You know, we call it Illuminati symbolism. But what you don't hear is that most of the symbolism actually has to do with a goddess figure. Okay? Now, this goddess figure is the most well-known um, deity in world history. It, she is more popular... Uh, even though she's suppressed in the Western world, then actually Yahweh, okay? And uh, so her symbolism is like, it's like all around you, you know? I, I was just watching a video that he sent me, um, and it's just jumping out at you. You know, it has to do with this butterfly symbolism, which is actually the number one way that you would portray transformation, you know? And um, so these videos, they have to do... Um, I think more with her than anyone else. And so, you know, I'm just mentioning that from the get-go. And then you'll see symbolism that has to do with the entity we call Samael, okay, and uh, which is what he's referred to in Judaism. And uh, you will see uh, symbolism that has to do with um, the son of perdition, uh, the various incarnations of Cain, you will see symbolism that has to do with the king of the world. You'll see symbolism that has to do with the seven sisters. And there are, um, they have types. They have anti-types because you have hierarchy. You have a dark um, 70. And at the top of that, um, you have seven, like satanic princes, and they have consorts. So you have 14 males and females. Well, you, you see the same thing on the side of light, you see. And that's basically what the symbolism has to do with um, the top 14 on each side and then the uh, the ones that are above them. There are two that are above them. In the divine council, there's actually 72. That's, that's, a, that's the secret of the mysterious number of 72. 
Um, we talked about that recently um, because Yahweh has a construct. I said I said that uh, on a recent podcast. It was actually just a phone call with Dustin and, and Josh. You know, and that's kind of shocking to hear that. You know, I go, what? You know, um, all this, all this, you know, is is suppressed. You know, Yahweh is going to come to Earth. It talks about this in Zechariah too, and he's going to have a consort. You know, you see that in um, uh, Psalm 45, but that's that's an earthly scenario there. But you see the Queen of Israel there. I think she shows up in uh, 45 or uh, verse 9, maybe to 12, around in there. And you know, the church is. Proclaimed historically that it's actually referring to uh, the church itself. No, it's referring to an earthly woman, you know. So God has basically concealed these things. And um, anyway, the symbolism is everywhere, so you kind of got to get used to that, um, you know, because we're going to be talking about her. So I coined a term for her called uh, the Grey Goddess. And uh, I think I might be using that more. I've gone several years. I've just focused on her name, you know. I've talked a little about her um, previously. I'll probably release that audio before I release this audio. So I'm not going to go into too much now. But, um, Josh, you said that um, you wanted to talk about... um, Oh, by the way, I've never played video games, so he's going to be talking about this, and I'll just be doing, you know, color commentary. But the first video you're going to talk about is uh, Borderlands. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Right. Um. Yeah. So <clears throat> I never finished Borderlands. I thought it was pretty boring. But uh, well, unless you're playing with friends. But uh, at the time I was playing, of course, this before I was informed about you know <clears throat> Divine Council and the World Seven, and because uh, I was deluded as a Christian to believe in this kind of like pure form of quote-unquote pure form monotheism which is not found in the bible <laughs> but um yeah so this game is really fascinating and that it portrays <clears throat> it portrays numerous things not just um the great goddess um uh i guess we could just start off with um so basically and um I'm kind of fan on memory here because I haven't played it. Last time I played was like probably, I don't know, four years ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's this guy, Handsome Jack, who's basically trying to exploit all these planets. And he's kind of like, I guess you could say the adversary figure. Um, these then main antagonist. And there's this one, area that is not under his domain yet it's uh called the sanctuary sanctuary um and there's the 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 rebel faction that is insurrecting against him or trying to save off his um i guess <clears throat> his uh hegemony is uh the crimson raiders that's what they're called. And you can see that, you know, the crimson is, uh, you know, a special color, too. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about that now. Um, but the leader of this resistance is, uh, she's called Lilith in the game. And uh, I know we've talked, I think you've mentioned before that Lilith is just, uh, 
a myth that's been conjured up by Jews, but it actually... Um, a little is in the Bible. It's not translated properly. It's in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, yeah. Um, so people think that uh, the common myth is that uh, Lilith is the first wife of Adam, which Christians would immediately reject. People are going to assume that, you know, that's what they believe. No, because that's not what we were told. I used to, for years, I believed that there was an upper and lower Lilith, but it's actually just uh, the great goddess. Great goddess, yeah. There is no lower Lilith. But there's a connection between Adam, who is the Messiah, and her, because um, you have to understand what we teach around here. Um, everyone is blended together with their Elohim at the resurrection. It doesn't matter if you're, um, you know, reprobate. Um, you got to remember that the, um, uh, you know, the people that are non-elect, they're actually resurrected um, into a body, you know, where they dwell uh, in a place of punishment. Okay. So this happens to everybody, but after resurrection, you're blended together with your Elohim. Everyone has an Elohim. And we talked about that recently, so I won't go into that now. But um, anyway, so that's, that's a kind of the context here. But that Lilith is actually her. So. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> she's portrayed uh, to have a very, um, to be very exquisite. And she's one of the, supposedly the most attractive people in the universe. But uh, she has red hair, which is also um, symbolic. Mm -hmm. And um, we've been told her hair was originally blonde when she was a Persephone figure. Her her name was Isabel. And then when she descended into the uh, lower underworld um, and and fell into chaos and corruption and everything like that, uh, she was raped. Um, Her hair became red. It symbolizes sin, uh, but her hair is currently black. So, go ahead. Yeah, um, and she's uh, she also stems from this planet uh, called Dionysius. Dionysius is her consort. Her consort, right? That is a Roman god, and uh, his name is. Uh, well, the short, we call him Sirach. His name is Sirachio. And he is the least of the seven that stand before the throne of God. And she, they're, they're eternal consorts. Mates. Hey, you, twin, you, you mentioned your, uh, what do they call them? Um, soulmate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, point of reference. He's actually depicted in uh, comics as the Incredible Hulk. He is the largest behemoth in heaven. He's very bulky. Which is interesting because her nickname is the little one. She's seventh in rank among the seven sisters. Okay, but in this particular creation cycle, she's been elevated to a place of prominence. Yeah. Okay, I mean, that's some of these things, it's important to communicate this like every time, you know. Uh, you do a show, it's a basic type stuff. Go ahead. She's um, also um, accompanied by six. Uh, sisters, so that forms seven. The seven there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, they and, put it right out there because they know that people are ignorant. But what you're looking for is these redundant patterns over and over again. And after you see these patterns, you're basically dealing with you know mathematics here because they are communicating something over and over. And what they're doing, they're actually communicating to the subconscious mind because the surface mind doesn't understand. Go ahead. 
Um, yeah, so um, it's just some, it's pretty fascinating that here you have technically almost it's kind of alluded to that there's this um, people are trying to elude the capture of this uh, this antagonist and it gives this place called the sanctuary. Yeah, the sanctuary is a place of protection. Place of protection, yeah. Um, and they depict that in a semi-regular basis um, in these video games. Yeah. Based on what people are telling me, I've never watched them. Um, it's very, yeah, like various forms of media, um, not just video games, but uh, yeah, it's um, and they're known. They're called the sirens. Um, they're kind of like they have like magical powers, and yeah, they have mm -hmm. very prominent status. Um, they're very powerful creatures. They're each associated with a particular color. Hers is orange. Yeah. And they show that in films. And we've talked about this before. Um, so that's <laughs> that's pretty much all I had to comment there, but uh for this particular game. But there's just so much uh this one is what really stood out to me. Um yeah, in regards to uh this fig this figure who has been <clears throat> obscured so much. Um, yet yeah, was so renowned within the ancient world. Mm -hmm. Her symbolism is, is everywhere. It's all around us. Uh, but she is actually sacred to the Illuminati. And uh, so she's always like veiled. They never come out and really reveal her. And the same thing is true with her lower form, which the great Sumerian queen Semiramis, and the secret about her, she used to be Noah's wife. Noah is a great patriarch. He's like the new Adam in a new age. And they both, uh, you know, lived uh, beyond the flood, and they outlived their own children. And the reason that she's called the great whore is because she, um, <clears throat> she abandoned uh, Noah and uh, married uh, Nimrod. And Nimrod is the incarnation of Cain. Okay. This is a story that's played out historically. And Nimrod was the one who constructed Tower of Babel, and we also see her being labeled as the Whore of Babylon. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes sense why that... <clears throat> this is why she's called the Grey Goddess. Now, we're talking about an earthly woman there, Semiramis. Yeah. In Egypt, she's called Isis. Normally, people think of Isis as a goddess, but it's actually an earthly woman. She's also referred to as Ishtar, Inanna, She's got many names, and she's remembered around the entire world. Okay, and the the um, area that she's mentioned understood the least is actually in Western society because it's propaganda that's suppressed. Um, the target is Christians; they don't want her to know anything about her. The closest you'll get is um, speculation about the Virgin Mary. She's referred to as the Queen of Heaven, that kind of thing. Um, Other than that, you get nothing. Didn't you mention that there was only you could only think of one author that held to a view like that? It's like very, <laughs> very rare that. Oh, it would. yeah, um, yeah. Forget the author's name, but no, I can't think of it right now either. So it's, she's a British uh, theologian. Yeah. I've got her books. I can't think of her name right now either. 
Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I have to say on this. I mean, I could transpose into other games, but they wouldn't really, um, they're not really germane to her. Um, so, um, there's a, <clears throat> a lot of stuff, you know, uh, revelation of the method, you know, that's, mm-hmm. uh, things that the Illuminati do behind the scene, behind closed doors, you know, uh, they're being depicted uh, games. Uh, the person we were trying to remember was, her name was Margaret Barker. Do you, Margaret do you have Barker. any books of hers? No, I actually don't. Okay. Um, that's a good example of someone that needs revelation. I mean, she doesn't yeah. claim to have any, uh, but actually everybody has some kind of revelation and the, your primary teacher is actually your personal angel. Chris has always said, you know, the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit works through your personal angel. Yeah. So, I mean, she's being shown things, but she's not putting the pieces together properly. You know, it's kind of hard to define revelation because everybody has revelation. So it's like, it, we're talking about something qualitative. The Bible doesn't really define it, you know. You've got low level and high level. You don't really see theological revelation today. You know what I mean? When you say low level and high level, do you have, do you, are you uh, referencing like the degrees of inspiration, like varying degrees, or? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, the Bible doesn't define ins- inspiration, uh, but um, you know, the, the Bible depicts man as blind, fundamentally blind, and then God enlightens him. So you sit in darkness, you don't know anything, and everything is a gracious gift of God. You know. Yeah, and uh, it talks about that in James one seventeen, and so um, anything that God gives you is kind of revelation. The way I explain that, if you're a blind person, and uh, you know you're someone's describing a uh, the color of a flower to you, okay, you look at that as like revelation because you can't see. Okay, God has not enabled you to see the color of that flower, but the other person could see why. Why is that? Because God has withheld that gift from you. See, so the blind person understands if he's Christian, you know, that that principle that it's a gift that he doesn't have. You know what I mean? People just take it for granted. God is enabling you to see the color of the flower. And it's just, you know, everyday thing. It's a blind man. That's like a revelation, a gift. See? Well, actually, everything is like that. Yeah. We take the ability to see physical things for granted, you see? Yeah. So what is revelation? Well, it, the Bible doesn't define it, but it's something qualitatively superior. There's like a red line that you cross, you know what I mean? You'll know if you cross past it far enough, because like, whoa, this is like heavy revelation, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're, ex- it it's, goes against so one of uh, against one of your, uh, you know, Pet theories. Well, you have to understand that we've talked about recently about Matthew seventeen eleven, and uh, not only do you have massive lost lost knowledge, but it, it's being suppressed. So naturally, uh, God is perhaps going to do a lot of revealing. You see, and the kind of thing we're talking about here, they're putting it out there, but it's all subtle and esoteric, and it needs an interpreter. There's nobody interpreting it. You have to have knowledge. You see, and the only reason we have this is because the angels actually taught us. They initiated, they came to us, 
and they wanted to establish relationships with us. And that's the reason that we know. Otherwise, we would be sitting in the dark, too. Yeah. Um, so you, you actually, uh, so you concur with the rabbinic view that there's degrees of inspiration that when it comes to the text? There's different degrees of inspiration. Yeah. Like so I said, you, the Bible, uh, Chris is talking about inspiration, like, you know, there's, there's this big red line. There's no red line in the Bible. It doesn't define inspiration. You sit down. Yeah. You have to um, define that yourself, and we're actually not qualified to do that. Yeah. But it's something qualitatively superior. Sometimes it's easy to identify, well, you know, this is revelation. You know, I don't necessarily agree with it. I mean, I mean. Yeah. Exactly where you crossed over that red line, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's hard to say sometimes. Is there, uh, there's some people that have the, uh, I have people that are of the opinion that the Old Testament is more inspired than the New. Um, I don't know which. Now you can make a case for that. Because most of the New Testament, I mean, Paul constantly alludes to Torah, and mm-hmm. a lot of the things are uh, that they say are grounded uh, upon. You know, okay. The Pentecost, so. A good way to explain different uh, levels of uh, inspiration. If you look at the Book of Philemon, okay, there's nothing in the Book of Philemon that jumps out at you. There's nothing there that that you know kind of declares, you know, this is inspired. It just looks yeah. like a letter. You know, how are you going to compare that with the Pentateuch? Yeah. You know, yeah. Moses is depicted as superior. He's the only one that spoke directly with God. Even Jesus did not do that. But we're claiming that uh, Jesus is the incarnation of Moses, who was Adam. You know, so it's the same person. Right. And there is evidence for this in the Old Testament. That's one of the things that says, you will be a god to them. Why does he say that? You know right. I mean? Why does it say, ye are gods? You know, right. That's referring to everyone has an Elohim. Elohim. See, yeah. most, I think a lot of people, they tend to de-emphasize the, that Elohim but should primarily refer to the gods, and they try to um, attach, attach other notions to this term and uh some people think that you know it's you know just refers to an authority i mean yeah the elohim are an authority but um do you think that um i mean there are a lot of people argue that elohim is multifaceted you know and the use varies from text to text like sometimes it can be referring to a human ruler, and then other times it can refer to. No, it never refers to a human, human ruler. ruler. Yeah, because there's. Uh, if you look at the. Um, the closest you would get is what I just said there, or maybe. Uh, you know, when I said about Moses. But the reason it says that is because they're identified with a, a deity. A deity. But if you notice, too, even in that passage, it says you will be made like unto a god to Pharaoh. It doesn't, I don't think it says uh, directly that he is, like, literally a god. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. You'll and, be as a god to him. So you're, you're seeing the uh, Strong's Concordance and the um, and these other, uh, what are they, lexicons? Or, um, sorry. Um, they'll <clears throat> give all these... Um, 
uh, manifold meetings to Elohim, the word Elohim, and you're saying it really only refers to, um, do you think they're just trying to obfuscate the nature of this? Okay, well, Elohim is is the most uh, common term in the scripture for God. Right. So um, it does refer to demons one time as Elohim. Yeah. It is, it, it is a bit broader there, but there's like I think it's only like one exception. One exception. Uh, I, one one example of that where it refers to demons as Elohim. But you you would probably be of the opinion that they uh yeah they latch all these different meanings to it just to kind of obfuscate. Oh, it's, they're definitely trying to cover something else. Yeah. yeah. That's why they were demoted to what we call angels. Right. In this translation. Right, which is a vocational title. But, um... So, you know, being, there's a multiplicity of gods, obviously. And this is, uh, the biblical position is what's called anathism. There's only one true God, and there's only one God that you worship. Uh, but there's, there's many gods. I'm talking about, you know, there's two sets of hierarchy. I'm talking about the side of light. Um, you'll see this, uh, we were just looking at it last night, Josh. We are hanging out together uh, in the English Standard Version in uh, Psalm uh, 82, verse 1. It says God um, sits in the council of, um, in the divine council, making judgment among the gods. That's just the way you translate it in English. And it actually says divine council in the English Standard, you know. There's more than one God. There's lesser gods. It is kind of like a family, but this is not like, um, you know, Herbert W. Armstrong, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that was a non-Christian cult. Yeah. That's going on to deep end there. But he was on to something. I think he was probably an agent. So, like, you know that pa- passage? It's been a while since I've reviewed um, what is often the proof text, the that they utilize to counter this idea of the divine council. And one of the most notable ones, which I think you probably already popped in your head here, is Isaiah 53. It says, there is none besides, uh, there's none before me and there's none after me that is formed. Mm-hmm. God before me, no, no one that came after. I guess you would have to, we would have to read through that, but that's often <clears throat> the one that's posited as a proof text against, um, I don't know if you want to call it. There's so many terms, and I think this is also a result of propaganda. They, they we don't even have the proper terminology for this. You know, there's Hanafism, uh, monolatry. You know, what do we actually? How do we actually categorize this view? And so they mm-hmm. just kind of shroud this in confusion. Mm-hmm. But um, we don't need to get into a Hanafism versus Hanafism argument right now. Yeah, we're always going to have. Uh, Texts that appear to support a particular position. Yeah. This is why Armenians and Calvinists have been fighting back and forth for so long. They both have these texts, you know. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, the other games I, I guess I'll like to bring uh, attention to here. Uh, so, <clears throat> there's. Just like with the cinema and movies, there is uh, so much uh, occult imagery and also Revelation of the Method and depicting what the Illuminati do. And uh, uh, <laughs> I have to go in the movies, it's primarily video games. But yeah, um, 
like there's this. Uh, <clears throat> you can mention movies or comic books if you want. You don't have to stick just with video games. Okay. Um, like uh, Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is probably the most overt film I have ever seen. Uh, the angels told us that those people represent someone. That little group of uh, people there. Yeah. And the Queen of Israel is one of them. One of them, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I just like to do that. They do it over and over again. Over, yeah. Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's really subtle. And there's really no evidence, you know. Sometimes it jumps out at you. Like, here we go again, you know. <clears throat> yeah. And so, like, uh, in that film, they have uh, basically this party... Um, <clears throat> This group of um, that trap, they just want to go off uh, into, um, you know, on vacation someplace out in the woods, wilderness. And basically, what happens is they get trapped inside this, well, what actually is an enclosed area. And there's these people, um, this huge organization of this cult um, has designed this place specifically to, and they have things transpiring all over the world that have to do with ritual sacrifice, and it's depicted in the film, but this is just one of their areas that they, I guess it's a sacred grounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> they, <clears throat> so when they start, when they kill off these individuals, the blood they have means of um, directing the blood to this altar that's all the way down into this cavernous region. So there's like underground laboratory, you know, it's underground mil- military base technically. And then underneath that layer, there's this deep cavernous region where the gods, these dark gods dwell. And uh, they have to ritually kill every single individual of this group in order to appease this dark god before he unleashes his wrath upon the world or um, destroys everything, which actually yeah, happens. So, sometimes you'll see these figures die. That's not going to happen. It's just wishful no. thinking on their part. It's not all accurate. It's because no. they have a hateful desire. It depends actually who is behind the film. So I know it sounds really bizarre, but I mean, one time I thought that um, the great goddess was like controlling Hollywood and basically pumping out everything, but it's not that way at all. You have different entities that are behind different films, both on the side of light and the side of dark. So on the last uh, call that we had, which will be probably edited into more than one podcast, definitely, um, I talked about um, how that kind of thing applies um, that they're involved with all these different things. It's not, they work right through the human. It's almost like we're automatons. It's the Elohim that are doing things down here. They're just overriding humans, just doing what they want to do, just working right through humans, you know what I mean? Because they're so powerful. And uh, they can manipulate humans, you know? Yeah. They basically do what they want to do much of the time. This is when a human is not even aware of what's going on. Because you know, you ha- if you have communication, then you can take orders. 
And nobody's giving any orders. They're just working right through you. Like a pawn. You know, yeah. because humans are so weak and impotent. So, you know, I've never heard anybody talk about what you're seeing there is the Elohim working through, expressing different things in what we call Hollywood. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa, that is like, what did you just say? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's always that way also history. So Hollywood's not any different. See, that's the way it is every single day. So why is Hollywood different? It's not different. It's the same old show. Over and over again. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> they uh, what, there's this one section of the film where the two remaining, the prevailing uh, members are down in this underground facility and <laughs> it's horrifying. Uh, they have basically this group, this cult, has everything at their disposal, like any every sort of monstrosity that you could even uh, conceive of. Just like I talk about on the show. Just like, yeah, and this is depicting what the Illuminati do here. They're just um, giving you a little glimpse. A glimpse, yeah. Um, all these, you know, stuff that's embedded within the folklore of certain cities, like uh, the Mothman, for instance, Mm-hmm. You know, that was them. They created that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, no, granted, there are Bigfoot and Dogmen that are not the result of, you know, Illuminati. Uh, yeah, they're natural entities, but there's, there's artificial Dogmen and Sasquatch. Obvious identifiers. You see these uh, these Bigfoots um, around UFOs. Those are the yeah. ones that they've created. Created, yeah. Do you think it's possible that some of them could be put under a spell or mesmerized from the natural ones? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, if they can do that to humans, they can do it to them. Yeah. In fact, that would be a good alternate theory. Yeah. But here's the thing: they have the the ability to like uh, create whatever they want. Because uh, they have access to DNA, clone things, the things that have been you know, alive in the past, they can basically do whatever they want. They can bring it back. Bring it back. You no, know, yeah. if dinosaurs exist, they can create them again. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm talking about before. There's one principle: if they have the ability to do something, they're going to do it, if God permits. God has to. He allows them to do all kinds of crazy stuff. So that's how we, we would just readily assume that. They created these entities artificially. They have artificial versions. They have artificial versions of everything. You know what I mean? And I've never heard anybody talk about that, which is actually pretty simple. Because really, I mean, have you ever heard anybody talk about, you know, Sasquatch and then talk about Illuminati and their power and stuff like that? Because I, I never hear them. Have. have you? No. No. Well, there you go. Not really. No, I, um, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. But They're basically like mad scientists. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, a byproduct of their satanic disposition, which is trying to mimic God. Mm-hmm. I talked about God cur- curtailing their um, their efforts to what I call the bumping into God principle. Uh, yeah. God has to uh, impede them or they'll uh, just do whatever they want. Yeah. Like build an artificial planet. You start small, you just keep right on building. Yeah, so that's, you know, always a good question uh, to pose. 
the ones that are absent-minded of the God factor is, if it is true, I mean, they can see that the Illuminati do have all this, you know, very, <clears throat> all this technology, advanced technology, and, you know, what what is stopping them from just slaughtering everybody? Yeah, well, I actually talked about them. Yeah. Um, I think with OpenThink. OpenThink, yeah. You develop theories about why are we even here? <laughs> we don't need to be here. That we could be eradicated in an instant. Well, think, the God factor, but there's also something at their end. You know, you could theorize. You can't prove that it feeds their ego to have somebody rule over these low, lowly peasants, who they reduce to this despicable state through social engineering. You know, where we're not really desirable by entities in the spirit realm because we're so lowly and so messed up. Uh, angels don't, um, I'll just say they don't appreciate most humans. And uh, they not, not only do they believe that they smell, but they think that the whole earth smells. When they come down here, they don't like the smell. It stinks. Yeah. And also, um, through devolution, we're progressively becoming less beautiful. Yep. It has to, you know, symmetry of the face, it has to do with... Um, Mathematics, mathematical angles. Yeah. This has been proven. You can see yeah. videos on YouTube, and it's all deteriorating. You can see this. Uh, people have deteriorated. The looks of people have deteriorated since the 1970s. There's absolutely no question. And I was just watching a video about, you know, people that are overweight in Japan, they're like despised. So in, in this video, this guy is saying that um, women have... Um, I don't remember. Well, they're at least 30 pounds heavier than they were back in the 1960s, American women. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the men, too. But the women are heavier. They put on more weight than the American men, and they're I mean, just less desirable. Right. You know? No, that's, it works uh, both ways, you know? Women make all these nasty comments about guys that, you know, uh, well, he has a uh, a, a daddy body. Yeah, daddy. You know what I mean? Make jokes about him. They say that uh, young women are only attracted to the top five percent of men. The, the, the people that are putting this stuff out, they actually own these like um, you know dating apps, and it's based on statistics behavior. Women are attracted to men less and less, and the same is reverse for men. They're attracted to women less and less because we're both devolving and we have less to offer. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be a marriage partner, you've got to bring something to the table. And even secular people are saying that only about 5% of people now are actually marriageable. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more we're not, we're not talking about Christianity yet, are we? That's just no. on the surface of things, you know. Yeah. That's a deterioration. We've got massive deterioration. It's been going on for thousands of years through a devolution, devolutionary process. Should we be surprised that this is where we are right now? No. We're not even compatible with each other. Yeah. Um, women have lost a natural desire for men. It's, it's artificial. They're turning to lesbianism. And men are turning to homosexuality. <laughs> In the media, they are consistently presenting uh, not only men, but especially white men as undesirable physically. 
externally. Where did all the beautiful men go? They're being suppressed. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I mean, uh, I mean, we've also been getting. Uh, well, you did mention there is a in India they are getting artificially taller due to certain hormones. Yeah. But people are changing. Healthy. Um, now, this is, mainly has to do with the industrial age, but before that, um, change was insignificant. And that's how you know that not everyone is descended from Noah, all the races, because yeah. you don't see this kind of change historically. It, no. It's non-existent. The only kind of radical change has happened recently with the inter, in, introduction of uh, chemicals, yeah. artificial hormones, things like that. That's why some people are so tall. Yeah. So I just want to say about that film. I mean, in that film, didn't they talk about subterranean gods? Yeah, so... Um, this yeah, is, I just want to point that out because this is something I've mentioned through the years. It's it, it got, You know, the, the, the powers that be, they're subterranean. They don't dwell up here. This world is a complete mess up on the surface. To explain why they're bombarding us with chemtrails. They don't, they don't exist here. These are the nameless gray people. Um, they don't have names. Mm. Yeah, there, uh, there's this one book. Uh, I think it was a pretty apt description of them. It's the ones that cast no shadows. Yeah. Yeah. They don't leave a trace. Well, it's very faint. I mean, only the people <laughs> that uh, research with a keen eye can piece it all together, piece the, you know, Various mm-hmm. pieces of the puzzle. Um, well, they used to communicate this knowledge in the mystery schools. They used to initiate the commoner. Yeah. Now you have to kind of get involved with Satanism. Right. They're not going to teach you that much in Freemasonry or these other type, you know, secret societies. Oh, here. It's really dumbed down. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in that film, I mean, it's kind of like the is on detre of everything this cult is doing is to uh, to placate these these dark gods and that's why they're <clears throat> committing ritual sacrifices all over the world mm-hmm. um in this instance though uh yeah like when they go under uh underground they depict bigfoot werewolves uh I'm trying to think what else killer clowns Mm-hmm. Uh, which kind of goes into um, a lot of these weird occurrences. They kind of like, I, I guess you could categorize them as Fortean. Um, yeah, Fortean, yeah. Charles Fort. Yeah. And Like I said in the past, they've created every monster conceivable. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to be released. That's going to allow them to release some of these things. And the period of chaos comes, and they're going to consume humans. His yeah. protective hand's going to be withdrawn. Right. He's, uh, so basically, <clears throat> basically the hellscape that were the those on the axis are going to leave here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you see this kind of thing with the Montauk project. Yeah. On Long Island, they create these monsters. 
it got allows some, you know, some of the stuff to go on. Then he shuts it down. <clears throat> it's all temporary, you know. Yeah, I think the the killer clowns in this movie. Um, I think that might it might be representing the because uh, they had used to have these this uh, <clears throat> phenomenon called the phantom clowns. I think it was mm-hmm. up in New York where people would hear stories from children about these clowns that would come in vans, come out of vans, and they would uh, try to entice children with candy and stuff. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the children would go in their vans, and the ones that did not join them uh, would report back to the parents, and they never found those children again, and they never found the perpetrator, uh, the kidnapper. Yeah. It's really interesting how not <clears throat> no one was caught. No, none of these because yeah. they're protected. Because they're protected, yeah. Because they it's like have... Hunter Biden. Can't you see right now that Hunter Biden is protected? Can you see that by now? Or are you thinking at all? And then look at they are constantly pursuing Donald Trump almost every single day. They have something about Donald Trump on the Drudge Report. Every I I can't remember a day when it's not a constant drumbeat. Negativity against Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's definitely going to be back. I mean, that's why he's always in the media. But I mean, there's all this evidence about Hunter Biden. Why doesn't anything ever get done? Because he's yeah. protected. That's why. Yeah, that will tell you something about Donald Trump, by the way. That's positive. You see that? Right. Staring you right in the face. Yep. He's what we would call a good guy. Okay. That's why he's depicted as evil. Right. Constantly. I don't know if you could call him a godly prince, or I don't know if godly, but someone who could potentially help God's people in the future. Mm-hmm. If uh, God allows a, a real, genuine election. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't actually matter, though. It just it all depends on one thing: who does God put in in place? Who does God put on the throne? Because God is the one that does it all. We talk about the Illuminati, you know, all oh, the voting's not valid; it's all fake. It doesn't matter. It, yeah. Illuminati, they don't matter. What matters is God. But you know, when Nebuchadnezzar became a beast, he had a revelation and he professed that. But he understood because God enlightened him. God is the one that raises up the king. God is the one that takes him down. God does everything. Anybody that's on a throne, God put that person there. God has put the Illuminati to rule over us. We're in a in a state of probation. Okay? Israel's going to rule over these people if they're still around. And if they haven't, like, switched sides, because a lot of people are going to switch sides, because they want to go with the winner, right? Yeah. So I see a lot of these... Uh... Actors and celebrities, they're uh, starting to profess Christ because they're probably someone pa- <laughs> uh, informed them. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. It's going to be like out in the open um, more after a while. We've actually named particular actors and actresses, and uh, they've ar- it's already happening. Okay. Uh, it has to do with switching sides. Yeah. 
when the new Moses appears, there's people that are going to be like, uh, look to him to protect them. And if they feel they're protected, they're going to switch sides. Yeah. There's a lot of people, they don't want to be in the Illuminati. They got seduced. A lot of these, uh, you know, music stars and stuff like that, pop stars, they don't know what they're getting into. They seduce them slowly. And you realize too late, uh-oh, and now you're trapped. You can't get out. Right. Not if you want to have a career anyway. Right. They don't show you that at first because you're not one of them. <clears throat> the Satanists, they, they know they know what's, what's going on. You know, they're born into the bloodline and they hire these people. But a lot of them are not initially Illuminati. They become honorary Illuminati. They're not from the bloodline. But like I've said before, there's quite a few people that have a quote-unquote Illuminati bloodline. It's not that big of a deal. And the reason is because you have a lot of bastard children. That, yeah, it's bastardization. Yeah. That's what Hitler was. And also Bill Clinton, my understanding. Yeah. Um, so Hitler's mother was, um, you know, she had sex with somebody who's Illuminati. And these are the kind of people that like to put in positions of power. They're very lowly. They're half-breeds, you know what I mean? If you're a politician, you're not important to them. Okay? You're just another worker, drones, to serve them. Yeah. These people are the exalted supermen. All of us are very lowly. And despised. They despise everybody below them. Okay? Because they're vastly inferior. They have used every method available, both biologically, you know, we're talking about alchemy and uh, technology, to elevate themselves, focus on their physical body. And uh, I've said before, the only way that they can die is, is one of three ways. One, one way is an accident, one if God, you know, kills them. Or if um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a plot uh, to, to kill them. It was kind of like, um, there was a film that came out in 1963, The Premature Burial. It's a horror film, okay? And this guy, they used to do this kind of stuff in the 19th century. And, uh, you know, people of wealth. Uh, they would take every means available to prevent that kind of horror from occurring. Because it does, it does happen. People are buried alive. Okay? And uh, they kind of wake up later, you know? Um, the Illuminati has taken every precaution to prevent that kind of thing from happening. So they cannot die a physical death because of transhumans. Okay? And they offer us, you know, this gift of transhumanism. They roll this out. You're not going to get it. Just like, you know, uh, it, 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 at the World's Fair in the early 60s, they offered all this, you know, it's kind of like in the Jetsons cartoon. You know, you're going to have this, you're going to have that. Todd Rundgren wrote a, so a song about an album called Liars. I think it's called Future. And he's bemoaning the fact that, you know, you, you said we were going to have all these things, and they haven't given us really anything. That's because we're peasants. It's just the golden carrot principle.
why don't you talk about another video game there? <clears throat> you know, it's funny because I'm playing this. I was playing this game. Um, it's actually pretty interesting. It's about the aerial city civilization. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And when you go up there, it's very clear from the onset that this game is depicting the Messiah figure, and it's vilifying him and vilifying the white race as a result. Really? Um, yeah. And it's just Remember the name of the out. game? It's called Bioshock Infinite. Bioshock Incident. Yeah. So if you just look at the first level or of the game or the first segment and watch the playthrough, it's pretty obvious what they're doing. I mean, they're revealing multiple things in there. I mean, namely that they have cities up there. But secondly, You're I think kidding they, me. In the air? Yeah, it's this whole city in the air. Yeah. Whoa. It's really cool. It's actually, the game world is so, the, the artwork and the design of the world is so exuberant and lively and resplendent. It's, it's the plot line is obviously plot propaganda, like I just said, like you're trying to vilify life. But the just the gameplay and the world itself, it's just so, it's just so interesting. Like, I why and keep playing it despite the the propaganda in there if anything so basically the civilization is an religious fascistic society that basically um takes the manifest destiny to its ultimate conclusion and, uh, you know, it's basically American exceptionalism. Like this guy is a, he's called Zachary Hale. He's a prophet that's created this whole civilization in the sky to, and he calls it the new, if you go in there, if you're introduced to the city, it's called the new Eden. Oh my God. And you, this you are. I'm talk about on the show. <clears throat> yeah. It's called the new Eden and you are baptized in this river. <laughs> before entering into the city and you are, um, it basically talks about your sins being washed from Sodom to Sodom below. And you are a citizen in this new kingdom, I guess. And, um, yeah, this whole civilization is highly advanced. Um, it's, there's various stratums, um, the gradation of which is based upon race. And, um, you know, so the, obviously the whites have the prominent positions and the blacks are, have a servile role and the blacks and the Asians. And uh, they're trying to vilify, I think what they're trying to do, they're trying to criminalize the prophetic figure and uh, the elect, the Israel. That's what I think. And they did it in a previous game. It's called uh, another game called Far Five Five. And but by the way, isn't it interesting that both of these prophet, like Messiah prophet figures, they're both white men that are from America. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, and it's all it's the Far Cry Five was out in the West, and they also had a place called Eden. It's called New Eden or something, exactly like in this game. So, and of course they portray him as like this lunatic fringe leader that's you know that's on a rampage killing people. I would not be surprised if those video games have um, internal embedded 
information to get you to reject the Messiah. Messiah. Well, that's what I was thinking the other day. I'm playing this game, and it's fun as hell. <laughs> it's really fun, and it's the way they designed it. It's actually brilliant. Do you own this and, game? Yeah, I just I download it. You can get it for free because I have a PC, and there's ways you can get these games for free. Just pirate them or use a torrent. And so that's what I've been doing, and I've been playing it the past couple of days. I'm kind of hooked on it. I mean, and seeing this propaganda, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And it's right there. They are they're trying to – that's what, exactly what you said. I was just thinking they're, they are literally paving – they are inculcating in the minds of the, the audience a rejection of the future Messiah. That's what they're doing. Because mm-hmm. that's exactly what's being protected. Uh, portrayed in this game it's basically the Messiah <laughs> and um, yeah so there's actually a, a mother too in this, this uh, city yeah she's like a mother figure and she's married to this guy Zachary Hale who's the, pro- the prophet oh okay yeah uh, they're probably talking about the daughter <laughs> daughter yeah um, but there, there is a daughter in this game, she's actually the daughter of Zach, uh, the prophet, and um, it's weird. Her name, she has black hair and blue eyes, and um, they, the very first scene that you, when you come into the city and go to the raffle, you are presented, you pick a number, and you're, you pick 77, and then the girl's like, oh, that's a lucky number, and you're probably going to win, and so you do, and you get a baseball bat, a uh, baseball with a number 77, and you actually have the choice in the game because there's a mixed race couple, and basically the um, they're trying to publicly shame them. They're like tied up, and you can get a baseball, and you have the choice to throw it at them or throw it at the announcer. So they actually give you. I'm surprised they actually give you that choice in the game. I, I mean. And a lot of people criticize the game for actually being racist in that regard. Mm-hmm. Even though the game is trying to vilify the white race, um, it's still it's it's definitely more passive though. You're like just kind of a passive observer, and the plot that you follow as the, you're basically as a Pinkerton agent that's trying to get the daughter away. Uh, this uh, this guy basically the protagonist you play as he he's in a debt. And there's, as a means, like a surrogate means of paying off that debt, he's basically commissioned to break, to capture this girl and bring her back to the uh, surface safely. The protagonist you play as in the game, you're actually a Pinkerton agent because yeah. the, the Pinkerton agency is kind of like a precursor to the CIA in the 19th century, okay. like the late 1800s. So yeah, you're basically a Pinkerton agent, but you have a debt that you need to pay. And so there's a, like an alternative way you can pay that off, and you're, you've been commissioned to go up to the city to fetch the daughter and bring her back safely, daughter of the prophet. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so the, that's the main plot line, actually, and the, everything is just context. Everything else that you are, you don't really participate in either side. Um, there's a full, And they're also portraying a race war in that. And I can't too, because you have the you have the minority groups that are interacting against the, the leading white establishment with profit. So obviously there's that that they're trying to portray as well the the 
race warrant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty apparent. <laughs> but yeah, they got all sorts of stuff in there. <laughs> I really love like the the theme of it is basically like the steampunk. It's like it's called steampunk as a genre uh, for gaming and uh, and movies too. And it's basically like Victorian industrial technology, like that's that's advanced basically. Mm-hmm. So you have like steam powered machines, like robots and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Um, and you combine it with magic. It's what this game pretty much does. So actually, I was just gonna talk about uh, since I was mentioning about uh, the cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something similar that is there a uh, video game for cabin in the woods? Like that, um, that that I'm familiar with. That goes, okay. that, yeah. Um, they do that sometimes with movies. Portrayed in such uh, detail. Yeah, usually they make the movie out of the video game, like Resident yeah. Evil. Yeah. I tried so to watch it. I, I couldn't yeah. stomach it, you know. And they, how many movies did they make? I couldn't even get. I I never. Be part I, of the first one. Actually, uh, it's one of my favorite. Uh, Game franchises all time. Uh-huh. I think the game is probably a lot better than the movie series. <laughs> well, yeah, I would say. I mean, as an experience, it is. Now, when it comes to the storyline, it's pretty threadbare, and some of it doesn't make sense. But I've heard the movies are pretty bad. Um, but yeah, that's a per- that's another example of. Um, there's this company called Umbrella that's <clears throat> responsible again for kind of like some clandestine operation to make uh, every type of yeah uh, monstrosity you could imagine uh, mostly has to do with uh, zombies uh, mm-hmm. and the living undead but there's mm-hmm. also other <clears throat> creatures in there um, like giant Giant insects. You have basically hellhounds, um, and uh, I mean, it's there really isn't too much more to the story, but um, or <clears throat> like I said, it's pretty um, it's pretty threadbare. So it's but uh, another game that depicts something similar is uh, oh man, uh, Half Life. Um, What's the name of that? Called Half Life. Half Life. Um, yeah, and you're sent to. There's these uh, it's government um, projects gone wrong, and also has to do with uh, these uh, creatures. Um, I'm not exactly sure if it has to do with portals again. These creatures from another dimension. Um, I think they're, they, they're trying to access these other realms and they unleash um, these uh, beasts and you're basically sent, you're down there to extirpate them. Same thing with Doom, except Doom has to do with demons and Hellspawn. And uh, these portals, they try to open up. Uh, they have this uh, base on Mars, actually. You know, obviously that's not true. I mean, there's no base on Mars, at least. <laughs> there's no uh, planets Mars. You know, that's that's a glo- glo- uh, globular. Mm-hmm. Uh, or globe, sorry. Um, 
but yeah, you're set. <clears throat> that's another one where you're uh, basically commissioned to destroy these demons that they've tried to like, correspond with through uh, portals. Yeah, it's kind of difficult to watch some of these movies because they don't ever depict anything as it actually is. They have to go to a certain degree along with the propaganda. Yeah, they, they're, they're pushing spin on it. Yeah. So typically they're going to give you a false cosmology. So they're going to, you know, always go around. That's why it's very difficult for me to watch the science fiction films because I, no, I, they're I, always I talking about planets and outer space and they go with that model, you know. Then they fit the esoteric within that structure. Yeah. And a lot of these films, I don't recommend watching them because they don't really give you that much. No. Yeah, I don't really recommend watching these films to watch the esoteric stuff because um, they don't give you that much. Yeah. When you look at it in totality, you see these patterns over and over again. It's, it's, it's quite a bit, you know, over the years. <clears throat> yeah. They keep repeating these certain themes. <clears throat> yeah, we just kind of, I mean, with Cabin in the Woods, I think it's a good watch. I mean, it, it's probably, there, there's so much packed in there, even though we just glossed over it. But mm-hmm. uh, compared to these other films where there might be a couple instances within the film itself where... It, there's revelation of the method, and um, but uh, <clears throat> uh, when I watched that film, I didn't see anything because um, I watched it before we started to get revelation. Yeah. Before the angels approached us, and I don't recall. The only thing that really jumped out at me, you know, the subterranean factor. I thought, whoa, you know, okay. Yeah. But I think Connie watched it, and the angels started interpreting it for her and told us that these people actually represent someone, which just happens over and over and over again. So how would you know that if you weren't, uh, you know, if you weren't guided by Revelation? No, you, there's no way you would know. There's no way. <laughs> Not really. Um, but, yeah, um, I, that's the same thing with me. Like, uh, with Star... I mean, I do like Star Wars, which um, I think, well, the Messiah figures uh, in there. Um, mm-hmm. No, they're definitely Messiah figures created in there. Um, yeah, we've been uh, told that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I just I couldn't. Uh, the Queen is in there. She's portrayed uh, portrayed by Natalie Portman. Yeah. When she was younger. Yeah. Right. Um. Like, yeah, I could I could never get captive, fully captivated just because, you know, the fault, again, the false cosmology, and um, <clears throat> that's one reason I actually, if I'm going to um, participate in any media that includes fantasy, then it would probably be, like, some type of medieval fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to say real quick, the great goddess, Isabel, she's she pretty much does what she wants to do. She plays both sides. Um, to a large degree, she's running the show. you got to qualify that because you've got Michael and Gabriel, okay? And you also got Samuel, okay? But um, she's in a, in a place of prominence. And uh, if she wants something to get done, uh, the Illuminati do it. They don't try to oppose her. Yeah. Okay? And they actually know. Don't be fooled that everyone is a child of God and, and everyone's going to be reconciled. You know what I mean? They actually know exactly what God's doing. It's, it really has to do with role playing. Yeah. But they're so dark because God has extracted so much light from them so they can play this role. 
They actually hate God. But they know that all this is temporary. And not the ones that are higher up. They know what's going on. They see the big plan. They know way more than Christians know. And they know about history, and they know about the plan of redemption. They know what God has done. They know what he's going to do. They understand pretty much all of it. Yeah. Unless God is withholding something from them. Because he keeps them in the dark, too. And that's why they learn from angels. They observe them. They're always learning, you know. And they actually observe the show and private conversations, too, right? Mm-hmm. To glean information. They use an AI-type uh, entity, which has self-awareness, um, to feed them information, because otherwise you have to labor to monitor everything. It, and it feeds them what they want to, to know, because it takes time to do all this, to internalize information. They kind of skim the surface of it, the high-quality stuff. There's not much out there. And something is secret, esoteric. Yeah. They're, 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 still in, they're always in learning mode. You know, they're the watchers, too. They watch and observe, take notes. Uh, they observe God's actions. God appears not to even exist or be a weakling. He's actually hidden. Like it says in uh, Isaiah 45, Truly, O Lord, you are a God who hides himself. Yep. And they know that he's concealed. That's why they portray him as Odin, sleeping deity. Like he's inactive. You know, it's kind of an exaggeration. But they learn by observance. Yeah. And they're um because they have a satanic mind, the satanic mind is very inquisitive, very curious. They're always watching and learning, taking notes. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so <clears throat> the uh, so we talked about various media that's uh are representing the, the subterranean, but there's also sub aquarian well, uh, abodes that they have. Um, what was that word you, you used? Sub, I guess you could call it sub-Aquarian or like under underwater. Oh, that's yeah. what I thought you meant. I've never heard anybody say that. Yeah, I just want to comment quickly about that. You know, this is how easy it is. Like learning how to think straight. You got to be suspicious, you know. I mean, like, hold it here. Do they have the ability to create underwater cities? Well, of course they do. Yeah. Do you think that they've done that? Well, how often do you hear about this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Once in a great while, they will actually put that in a film, but they don't want you to think about it, you know, out of sight, out of mind. That's why you see these uh, crafts that come up out of the water. Water, right? They actually have a term for them. I forget what it's called. You know, a, a variation of the term UFO. And of course, they've got these underwater cities. Yeah. If they got underwater cities, do you think they have subterranean cities? Well, of course. They have everything. It's funny. This, <clears throat> the entire sky is populated with their craft. It's not something that's visible. Everything is up to... I'm talking about locally, right above... You could, if your eyes were open, like in the film They Live, you would see yeah. these craft. Yeah. Um, UFOs are seen because they want to be seen. They were a form of propaganda. It's to communicate, you know, the aliens are here. Okay? They don't have to be seen. Yeah. It's because they want to be seen. You know, I just uploaded this podcast uh, called UFOs at the Drive-In, and the guy is saying, well, you got these UFOs, 
it's not a film about it's not talking about going to a a, um, a drive-in and, and seeing films about you know UFOs. No, it's about UFOs actually showing up down through the decades at drive-ins. You know what I mean? And the guy is saying, obviously, they want to be seen. Okay, but they have the power to be invisible. You don't see anything unless they want you to see them. You know, and even when you sometimes you'll see a UFO go behind a cloud. That's a psyop. It's like, it's trying to hide. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they have cloaking technologies. So that's not requisite. So. They don't need to hide behind a cloud. <laughs> this is a cloud that they would normally manufacture. It's a manufactured cloud. But they want that to be part of the UFO mythology. You know. Otherwise, you wouldn't see that. They're trying to hide. I saw you. I saw you go behind that cloud. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, they don't have to go behind a cloud to hide. No, they want you to think that's how they hunt. What's see? That's another thing. Um, we're talking about Kevin the Woods, uh, the incompetence theory, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what's uh, well. There's incompetence theory, but there's also the they always try to um, represent the elites in a pop more positive light, like the uh, these underground this underground cult. <clears throat> is it, see like they always try to put a spin on it. Um, they show them as having somewhat ben- benign, or actually having benevolent intents, because they're trying to quote unquote save and rescue humanity from <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> devastation that would be wrought if this god wasn't um, appeased through blood sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And you'll see this too. Uh, people that uh, I think what's his name Ramsey. Um, is it William Ramsey? Uh, he talks about the Order of Nine Angles. I, I'm forgetting his first name now. Yeah, he's actually a friend of mine on Facebook. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think he was. Um, I started this one uh, guy about uh, you know ritual uh, killings and the Order of Nine Angles and these other offshoots and affiliate groups. Um, you know, smiley face killers. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and how they're trying to do this basically to save humanity, <laughs> which is completely <laughs> it's, it's completely warped. I, so we've talked yeah. we talked about gray angels, and they're basically all gray. We're talking about the elect ones, okay? Kind of a difficult concept because angels are devolving. But when you see something like that, that is not from a gray angel. That's from the dark side. Yeah. The non-elect angel. Something you can tell about who is behind this film. Right. It would surprise people that, you know, you got to throw out the term angel. You know, because Christians have this stereotype conception of angels. You know, it's very sophomoric. But yeah. um, the gray angels are more powerful than, than the non-elect angels. I'm saying gray deliberately to convey something. So, you know, it's not just her that has this mixed quality. It's all of them. Yeah. They've all been darkened. Okay? It talks about this in Romans 8. The entire creation is groaning. Well, are they part of creation? Did God create heaven? Heaven is deteriorating, and it's actually darker than it used to be. I'm talking about, like, energetically and spiritually, I'm not talking about it actually has less light. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's probably just as bright as it used to be. 
Yeah. You might want to put a qualifier on that in some regions because there's different there's different heavens. I'm not going all that, but uh, so anyway. Yeah. So <clears throat> the uh, the fact that these <clears throat> two uh, you know these two characters are able to completely thwart the uh, the cult and all their technology and that that would never happen unless of course no. you were abetted by an angel somehow like you had supernatural yeah. And God hasn't done anything like that um, since the first century. Yeah. Uh, but the new Moses and the two witnesses will be doing that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yahweh is uh, Moses is the lower form of Yahweh. Yahweh is the son of God. Yeah. And Moses is the earthly son of God, as it talks about in Psalm chapter two. He has an origin on earth. It has to. It has to do with his body. And, yeah. uh, and that's why it says, you shall be as a god to him, because Yahweh's working right through Moses. You know what I mean? Right. And that's why uh, Yahweh used to meet daily with Adam, you know, and communicate. Yeah. That's basically his higher self. You know, uh-huh. that's a problematic term for Christians, but, you know. Got to use the English language, you know, that's all we have here. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Um, it's a curse from God, by the way. You say in the language. about the Illuminati. They want, God works through the Illuminati. He gave us this cursed language uh, to dumb us down, make us stupid. It's all part of the big agenda that has to do with Matthew seventeen eleven, taking away all this knowledge. Yeah, I would venture. I would venture to say pretty much all modern languages. I wouldn't be surprised if that would. They were all constructed by the Church and the Illuminati mm-hmm. uh, after the Cataclysm. The Illuminati serve God to carry out his wishes, and so does uh, Satan. Yeah. And, of course, Satan knows that. He has to do what God commands, and he has respectful uh, fear of God because he can be punished. I mentioned that recently for the first yeah. time. So uh, there's not there's not many um, really films or any type of media that I that repre- uh, that's, uh, reveal the uh, nature of chronological revision and redaction. Um, Not that I can recall. Except for this one that I came There's certain subjects they don't like to really address. One of them is alchemy. Yeah. Uh, but you do see alchemy uh, in Harry Potter. It, it's mentioned rarely because they want that subject to be out of sight, out of mind. Alchemy was... It's no big deal. It's common in the uh, antediluvian era, and that is why gold didn't have a whole lot of value. Because it was easy to manufacture. Yeah. One of the most important elements of uh, alchemy is salt. And what they do, they, they disguise it in this terminology. They call it all these different names. There are uh, mystical qualities about salt. And... Uh, that's why salt was so highly valued in the ancient world. They don't they don't tell you that. Yeah. You, you can't um unless you're gonna do it magically, if you're gonna do it chemically, you have to have salt. There's different yeah. types of alchemy. Not just when we were talking about, you know, it's the most popular kinds converting to gold, but that is the less that's the lower form. The, the the lower work, you know, the great work. There's more than one great work. Uh, but the great work has to do with the uh, transformation of the human. 
elixir. Yeah. Like, there is a, there is an elixir of life, and uh, angels told us that Simbalamus took it, and she outlived Nimrod. That's not yeah. the reason she outlived him, but she actually had access to it. Um, I don't know of anyone um, historically that's a public figure that has had access. The reason is because if you're in the public, you're going to live to everybody's going to know that something's going on because you're living too long. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I believe that she was murdered to put an end to all that because she would have lived, who knows how long she would have lived. You know what I mean? And so it's not surprising that you have this alchemical text with the name Semiramis in it. And you can Google that. I've looked at it, you know. Why? You know, that's all you're going to get. Because Semiramis is the great mother. It's their mother as well. Okay? She's a mother of both sides. This is very important. She's like a type of Eve. Okay? And she's sacred to them because of bloodlines and because she was aligned with uh, Nimrod. And so they, they bail her. And that's why you don't see, that's why they don't publicize Semiramis. Okay, they only do it in an esoteric form, and they do the same thing with her her her, um, her higher form. Some of these angels, uh, elect angels, they're they're pretty dark. You know, they're, yeah. they're doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing. They've deteriorated, and God's uh, displeased with them. They need to shape up, get their acting gear. But God is going to give them more light. And they won't shape up. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Just like that, uh, I called it America's angel. Is Elohim? Yeah. That that entity needs a lot more light, you know. He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He needs to shape up. Has to do with the evolution. So you got some more uh Yeah, so video games um, there? I do kind of, I kind of have to get going here. Mm-hmm. But two more that I wanted to shed a little light on before I go is, um, I think it was, it was made by a German developer, Series Entertainment, if I'm not mistaken, and it's called Realms Beyond. But uh, what's so fascinating about this um, title is that they actually, um, you know, they portray the first century cataclysm. And they also, um, there's this vast empire that was fractionated after this cataclysm. And so you, what you have is these different kingdoms squabbling over territory. And you also have creatures that arose from the great uh, deep. Because uh, subterranean, there's these subterranean realm, realms, uh, or sorry, the subterranean realm and these Basically, these uh, ghoulish creatures um, start to <clears throat> emerge to the surface and wreak havoc upon the land. And it's just really fascinating that they, it, the artwork is kind. Of, you can see it um, on their website. Uh, the concept art is really cool. Um, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's like a medieval village. They show a medieval village, and they have often the Distance these volcanoes uh, erupting and uh, fire falling from the sky, 
clouds, billows of smoke, um, you know, earthquakes, um, just like complete devastation. Um, and it was sets in the Middle Ages, which I think is a little bit uh, intriguing. Um, yeah. But uh, <clears throat> because, well, I guess it would seem to imply that it's closer to our time timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, which it is, I mean, ancient, the cataclysm was very close to our timeline. Um, if you were to go with their chronology, uh, approximately 2,000 years since the uh, birth of Christ, yeah. you would actually be medie- medieval, it would be 1,000 years ago, or around uh, the year uh, 1,000. Yeah. So that's why it would be, that's why they're portraying it that way, as being medieval. Medieval, right, right. Um. But the chronology yeah. is wrong. <clears throat> chronology is wrong, right? Um, it's also um, yeah. So I mean, obviously, that the Roman Empire is um, the Roman Empire is in there, and there's a other game that kind of similar concepts where uh, I'm trying to remember its name now. It's called Age of Decadence, and it's an alternative take. It's the Roman Empire's. Uh, directly mentioned in there. It's almost kind of like a what-if scenario. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny because I don't think it's much of a what-if scenario given that there was, uh, in reality, there was a first-century catastrophe. Um, but, yeah, so there's this, that, there's this uh, immense cataclysm that fell uh, this the Roman Empire, and uh, basically <clears throat> the Roman Empire is trying to aspire to its former glory, um, but again it's fractionated, and so there's and it's not really known exactly what was the factor behind the uh, this tumult mm-hmm. um, that befell Earth. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's certain <clears throat> tidbits that you can find littered throughout the game, and uh, from what others have described, uh, people that describe or interested in the lore, they uh, it actually have to do a war of the it's the war of the gods and mm-hmm. men, um, mm-hmm. and they uh, just where it kind of goes into a little bit an absurd route because uh, Rome has like very high technology. Um, they, I think alchemy is even uh, presented in that game, uh, that game too. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, Rome had, was dealing with like in, in this, in this game was dealing with, you know, steam powered uh, technology and implements, which, you know, they did have some of that. Um, they were more advanced with the tech than what we're told. So with the Greeks, but the technology was largely confined to the uh, the elite. The elite, right? You know, Nero he had inventors that invented things specifically for him that would blow your mind. Yeah, highly sophisticated. Because uh, they also had help from the Elohim. Remember, you know, Nero had help from his Elohim, and who is that? Satan. Yeah. Samuel. And yeah. uh, but they would only build at one time for the emperor. They didn't have like you know a manufacturing facility 
No, no, no. You'd be amazed what they were able to do. Yeah, uh, Nero has this octagonal court, which, by the way, this uh, sorry, this octagonal palatial complex and this courtyard, which was dedicated to him, mm-hmm. and it's completely submerged within Nero's layers. Uh, I forget how deep it is now, but um, it was discovered during the Renaissance era. Um, but yeah, they had this this, uh, this palace that actually rotated, um, which is incredible. You know, I've never I've never heard this. Yeah, I'll have to send you a link. Um, there, science uh, architects are trying to rack. They're racking their brains over understanding the intricacies behind this. How would you rotate a palace? I don't know. It, it's crazy. They think it has. It was water generated. The mm-hmm. years. I'll tell you right now. It had to do with the ethers. Yeah. These scientists have been blinded. They don't want them to understand the true structure of reality. They're stuck at the molecular level. There's a subtle strata. Energetic field underlies everything, and it's been excised from his, history and science. They don't want you to know. They don't have access to it. Yeah, the Earth grid. Mm-hmm. And if anyone talks about it in a significant level, uh, they're condemned, yeah. ostracized, and try to destroy their career. Yeah. It's not true across the board. It is somewhat selective. There's people that are out there that are able to say some remarkable things, and uh, but the public just goes, huh? You know, yeah. only a few people benefit from it. The public needs to hear constant repetition. When they hear constant repetition, then they start to believe. They go, oh, this is true. I mean, if they hear something that's never promoted, they generally don't believe it because they're not investigating reality. They're just in a passive mode. They're not, they're not learning. They're just passively being entertained and yeah. used. They don't try to learn uh, because learning in our culture has to do with what we call education. Education has to do with institutions. You pay your money, you get your education, then you go on vacation mode. That's that's your mentality. That's what you're supposed to have, that vacation mentality. You're not supposed to learn because that creates a problem for the, uh, the hidden rulers because yeah. they have to rule over you. And what they want is ignorant peasants because it makes their job easier. They don't want an educated society of philosophers, right? That's going to cause problems. People are going to start asking intelligent questions and debate. That's why you don't see any kind of debate in the media that would stimulate your intellect on any kind of important subject no. qualitatively. You see nothing. They always bypass the important mm-hmm. subjects. Because it stimulates the mind. Actually, there's nothing uh, on television in general that really stimulate the mind any kind of significant level. Um, If you think your mind's being uh, stimulated on a significant level, that's because you're in the learning mode and um, you're putting a higher value on what they're saying. It's not, there's nothing really that big of a deal on television at all. Yeah. It's, It's just not there. But, uh, yeah, so, um, Senero is greatly aided by, um, these, uh, entities, um, notably, well, his Elohim, 
Um, and he was actually had a false transformation, right, in the first uh, yes. century. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, it's um, it's a false resurrection, is what it is. He was worshipped as a god. It was an imitate of Christ being resurrected. Because Nero was uh, what we call the Antichrist figure in Christian eschatology. Yeah. It's not an accurate term, but... No. He's referred to as the beast, not the Antichrist. Antichrist is a false teacher, and there's more than one of them. It does talk about the Antichrist coming, but it doesn't use the the, uh, the definite article. It only talks about it in First 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 John and Second John. The definite article is always in the wrong place. So when it warns you about um, a particular type of heretic, a false teacher, it uses a definite article to refer to this particular type of person, and that's that person is someone who denies that uh, Jesus came in the flesh and remains in the flesh. Yeah. That's one of the greatest heresies. I think it warns you about that in Second John 7. And it uses a different article. It says such, such a person is the Antichrist. So the doctrine of the Antichrist goes right down the tubes without. And then when it talks about Antichrist coming, it doesn't use a definite article. So it does the opposite of what people yeah. expect. But, you know, I, when you use the term Antichrist, it, it's valuable because it communicates what people believe. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to come down to their level, you know. The proper biblical term is the beast. Jesus <laughs> just talked about false prophets. He didn't ever talk about Antichrist. Um, <clears throat> was there a text that um, <clears throat> discusses uh, Nimrod? Actually, it's not... It's not uh, deemed as an historical work. Um, yeah, it's the, um, well, scholars refer to it as the pseudo-sibling um, oracles. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It talks about um, him uh, disappearing and coming back as a god. Huh. He went to Parthia. I wonder if it was uh, an empire that was contemporaneous with uh, Rome. They actually defeated Rome, supposedly, according to what survives of history. But they don't, they want the propaganda to be strongly Western centric. You can reveal that uh, by looking at the Christian mind. Uh, It's like, you know, you can just go to a, a Protestant church for a few weeks and you'll learn, you'll be hearing about how evil the Roman Catholic Church is, you know, what a regular Protestant church. Well, you can sit there for 50 more years and they won't even mention the Eastern Church. Your pastor will not even mention the Eastern Church. Yeah. Because he's um, been seduced by Western-centric propaganda. It all has to do with the West. The West is glorified. We talked about this when we did the uh, archaeology podcast. Yeah. They focus on Western Europe and they ignore Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe, yeah. And there's a reason for that. So, but they, trying to they, cover something up. Go ahead. They constantly uh, underline Rome, but they just dis- they dismiss Constantinople and Byzantium. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fomenko, well, this is Fomenko's opinion, which I don't. He thinks the real Rome was in uh, Turkey, and not Italy. I I don't really agree with that. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, it was, um, and <clears throat> there were uh, Romans in the East. Um, so, looking at this one documentary uh, concerning <clears throat> the ancient Dacian tongue mm-hmm. and uh, how the uh, Dacians were uh, related to uh, the Romans. Well, all you got to do is look at Constantine. He's a Roman emperor, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, Constantinople was named after him. So what does that tell you right there? Because right. that city is identified with the Eastern Church. And we've been told by Revelation, people can believe what they want. The, the Great Schism that had to do with, you know, technical matter of the Trinity didn't even happen. It's all manufactured. I got suspicious over the years, so that's why we asked about that question. Just manufactured out of thin air. Yeah. There was no great schism. The origins of the Eastern Church are very mysterious. They're basically been lost. The only way they're recoverable is through uh, Revelation. I don't have a lot of Revelation on it. You said the ancient cities? The whole concept of the Eastern Church and its origins. Yeah. Um, because it has to do with um, uh, an era of history identified with the Byzantine Empire, which also didn't exist. That was manufactured out of thin air. Yep. Here we'd be surprised. Because they had they extended the chronology twice as long as it actually is. Right. You know, people were waiting for Christ to come back. They wanted to extend it. Probably that's one of the primary reasons. You know, create hopelessness, like, when is he ever going to happen, you know? It hasn't been that long. It's been only half as long. And But if they're going to do that, they have to insert all this manufactured history. That's what they did. They moved historical figures around. I've run checks on um, a number of these historical figures, and I, I, you know, I I just assumed initially that, you know, this guy's going to be fake, that guy's going to be fake. And they said, no, he was, he actually existed. But it's the wrong timeline. Right. Or it's just a replica it's a replication of a previous figure. Mm-hmm. But they do have quite a few phantom figures, but most of them actually exist. Somewhat yeah. surprisingly. You know, if we were hearing from demons, I don't think they'd be checked out. Yeah, no. No. Um <clears throat> Yeah. It's not what you expect, you know what I mean? And they're going to tell you that your view is true. You've got it all figured out. Yeah, you're you're right. You're correct. They don't you know they don't really correct you because they're not there to teach you, lead you anywhere towards the truth. You know. All right, Josh. We can wrap it up and we can do some more of this later.
Very, very good. Sir. 